Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 100. Our 100th Officially, the T-Rack of Sodes. <laughs> now, T-Rack, for those of you who don't know, has been a Tennessee Titan since 1999, appearing in eight Pro Bowls and accumulating over 891 costume changes in his career. <laughs> Jack, I'm not joking when I say this. I legitimately, for this Sode, because this is the kind of podcast that goes to these depths for the listening audience. Um, we go we go hard all the time, including episode number one hundred. I went and I looked up T Rack, uh, not statistics, but more uh, of like his combine results. I would say. Yeah. What do you find? He comes in uh, his height. He's listed at real tall. His weight is listed <laughs> at heavy. Uh, you're probably wondering how old is he? Well, his age is young at heart. His birthplace is the Parthenon, Nashville. And again, I'm not making this stuff up, just for the record. This is These aren't some of our pre-planned jokes that we get clowned for all the time. Like, I legitimately pulled this up off of T-Rack's bio on the Tennessee Titans team website. His college, you're like, well, where did he go to college? He went to the Tennessee Academy of Fine Arts and Hysteria. Wow. So, uh, TAFA, I guess. I... I I've never heard of that institution. I don't even think it's accredited. Uh, where can you find T-Rack? It says frolicking in the beautiful Tennessee state parks. Well, and or your garbage cans. Because uh, when I lived in Brentwood, I had raccoons in our trash all the time. Favorite exactly. color? This is where it makes me a little sketch, though, Jack. Uh, red flags were waved here. Favorite color? It just lists Titans blue. Uh, any true Titans fan would know that there's two tones. Of two-tone blue in the Titans color scheme. Uh, so, when was this last updated, though? Because this could be, you know, you know uh, I mean, we could be talking the, the dawn of T-Rex time. I mean, well, it had the birth, birthplace. Who knows how many uniform combinations ago this was? Even even if that's the case, but, I mean, the Titans have always been, had two-tone blue in their color scheme. It's always yeah. been navy blue and, and that light blue. So it's, which which t- which tone blue is it, T-Rack? Get off the fence, T-Rack. How, oh man, how perfect would it have been? So number 100, I know. the Titans are going to the Super Bowl. I know, we talked Damn. about it. We talked about it. It Like this was, this was the sode of all sodes. And it drops on February 2nd, 2022. Pretty much like Derrick Henry Day almost. 2-2, like, 2022, yeah. There's a lot of twos there for sure. I mean, it's just, it just makes my it, heart ache. It, it, yeah, it just hurts. Look, we're going to talk about all of that, uh, uh, the pain uh, that we are feeling. It's it's not getting any easier as a Titans fan. So if you're like, man, should I still be feeling this down? Yeah, yeah, you can. It's very, it's justified, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about Jim Schwartz. They, he's been flirting. He's, you know, it's like we asked Jim for his phone and, you know, and we – 
And we, we opened up his phone. We started digging through his phone and we started to know some text messages with the Colts. You know, he's like flirting a little bit with other girls. We're wondering if there's, if there could be anything there, is he cheating on us? Is he going to go to the Colts? We'll get into all of that. Uh, plus we got Mike Herndon. If you haven't heard a Mike Herndon episode of this podcast yet, well, Welcome to living because this, this episode will bring you new life. I, anytime Mike Herndon joins us on this podcast, it's so great because he gets us, he gets the show. He gives you such good insight while also just cracking up. And I, I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to tease the fact that Mike's doing something pretty sus in this yeah. uh, episode. little sketchy, little sketch. And, uh, also, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, there was a guy today who retired, Tim, Tim Brody, Tom, Oh, Tom Brady, okay. Tom Brady retired today. Uh, so we will talk about that, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll share our favorite Titans memories that have to do with, uh, <laughs> TV 12. Uh, but, and then of course, remember the Titan, but before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from the trenches gallery. The trenches gallery. It's located at 906 Buchanan street in Nashville. It's off that Rosa parks exit. It's owned and operated by Christian and Keith Fulton. That's right, Christian Fulton, your Titans cornerback number one. It's in our gallery with the latest fashion trends. They have shirts, shoes, sweatshirts, hoodies, pants, hats, painting, socks, you name it. I saw a basketball on sale in there the other day. Uh, they have all the hottest brands in fashion, including Paper Planes, Cashville, Bape, Supreme, Beedrip, um, Love Sushi. And you know what? They came out with a very creative hoodie. Very creative design that they made in-house at their one-of-a-kind design lab located in the back of the shop. It's a, it's a Titan-centric sweatshirt, called, and it says on the front, Tennessee Bad Boys. It's, it's, uh, it's very unique, very cool. You can find it there. I know that you know, uh, you know, there, there's no more Titans games to wear merch to for at least the next seven months. Wow, cool. Too but, soon, dude. Too but soon. It's, a, it's a good one to grab for next year, so go in and grab one. Um, it's the only place like it in Nashville. If you can't stop by in person, if you don't, if you maybe don't live in the Nashville area, you can still shop online and have it shipped out to you. If you go to thetrenchesshop.com, you can also find them on Instagram at the Trenches Gallery, where you can view all of their new items, so you can get yours before they run out because they're hot items. They will run out. Go check them out at the Trenches Gallery on Instagram or online at thetrenchesshop.com. And when you go, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. I got a question. You know what else you can find at the Trenches Gallery? What's that? Elite Water. Mm. Now, let me tell you about these guys. These guys, Elite Water is based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. This is water sourced from Natural Springs and Mount Palomar all the way out in California. Okay? This is organic water that does not contain all of the man-made additives that you'll find in some of these other water brands. Gross. The Elite brand is all about bettering yourself and putting yourself and your body in a position to where you can accomplish anything. Order yours now online at EliteWater.co. That's EliteWater.co. Or swing by the trenches to pick up a fresh case. You can also find them on Instagram at EliteWater1. So while you're uh, going on Instagram and you're following at Tighten Up Podcast to make your timeline just a little bit better, Go ahead and follow Elite Water on there as well, at Elite Water One, okay? Be yourself, be elite, drink Elite Water. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a-coming, 
It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is February February 2nd, 2022. That's 2-2-22. Uh, a day that we had reserved uh, to celebrate for the king, King Henry. and uh, But unfortunately, Titans had other plans. Uh, decided, wanted to go golfing or take their trips to Cancun a little bit earlier this year uh. than we had hoped for. Uh this is a day uh, that the Titans could have been in the Super Bowl. And now look, is that presumptive of me? Maybe. But I'll say this. The Cincinnati Bengals went out and defeated the invincible Kansas City Chiefs. They were the uh, the Thanos of the NFL. And the, Can- and the Cincinnati Bengals went out in their busted-up Iron Man suit and took them down with a snap of their finger. Now look. The Titans' defense is better than the Bengals' defense, okay? I'm just going to say, I don't think anyone would argue that, okay? No one would argue that. And they were healthier, too, which I think is a big, big point to be made. The Bengals' defense is pretty banged up. But even when they're at full strength, I would put the Titans' defense up against the Bengals' defense. They held Patrick Mahomes to three points in the second half. All right, six if you count, or no, no, yeah, no, just three total uh, second half points. That to me tells me two things, Jack. What's the first one? If the Tennessee Titans could have found a way to beat the Bengals, they would be playing in Super Bowl 56 right now. Mm, Yeah, I think a lot of Titans fans share that same thought. The other thing it tells me is, and this may be going out on a limb, but that same Bengals defense that picked off the the goat Ryan Tannehill and I don't mean greatest of all time I mean the scapegoat that every freaking Titans fan is nailing him to a cross this week and 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 putting all of this the Titans downfalls and pitfalls on him the man that was picked off three times by that Bengals defense that Bengals defense went out and picked off Patrick Mahomes who many argue is the best in football twice okay that's where I'm gonna stop you all right, go ahead. That's hey, right. Hit, me, I with have to stop hit you. me with it, Jack. It's let's, my it's my duty on, to stop let's, you there. Let's start this soat off with some fireworks. It's it's my duty to stop you there because look, Ryan Tannehill. We can talk about how he's thirty and thirteen as a Titan starter since he's you know began starting. In yeah, we could talk of, about that. We could also talk about how he has a hundred and two passer rating since taking over as starter. Yeah, hundred and two. I mean, he, he's he's good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. I think I you know. And it's hard for you know people to say that and then after one game change their opinion. I get it. It's a big game, and you're still waiting for Tannehill to prove something in the playoffs. He hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. Oh, he's lost his last three games in the playoffs. But let's not go out and say that you know Tannehill's interceptions were the same as Mahomes' interceptions. And that's and look, the Chiefs did completely collapse. Whatever the Bengals talked about at halftime, it worked. It worked. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill, I mean, throwing one on the first play of the game getting the Titans kind of behind where they needed to be in terms of games, game script. And, you know, you, you like to script your drives, uh, you know, the first quarter, at least your first one. And uh, they weren't unable to do that. Well, even if they did, Tannehill threw a pick to throw a wrench in that. Um, you know, Mahomes makes up for those interceptions with great plays, great throws. Just, you know, I mean, he shocks. But 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 did he, though, on Sunday? Because well, first, first half, half, first half, he was unstoppable. Second half, the, the Bengals made some adjustments, only rushed three the entire game, 
and and put eight down, eight outside. The Chiefs stopped running the ball, and Mahomes kept trying Look, to get his thirty yard throws in, and and the, and he got completely shut down. If the Titans scored as many points as the Chiefs did in the first half, they would have been in that game. They would have been playing in that game. But the Titans couldn't do it. They they couldn't find a way to do it. And, and you know, I, I get it. Seeing Mahomes throw picks makes him look mortal. Maybe you feel a little bit better about Tannehill, you know, by thinking, you know, maybe it's the – well, everybody throws interceptions. It's not just our guy who throws brutal interceptions I'm just in saying, big games. I'm just saying, like, maybe that Bengals defense is better than we're giving it credit for. And it probably and, is. And I would also argue that Patrick Mahomes is probably made better because of the play caller that he has. That if you put Eric Bieniemy with this Titans offense, I guarantee Reed, you, yeah. I, I I I guarantee you, he uh, Tannehill would not have thrown that pick to uh, uh, Hilton on that on that that screen to Chester Rogers. Okay, that's not. Are, are we, that would are not we, have been called. That would are not we are called. we are we pinning that one up on Tannehill? Are we pinning that one up on the play call? Because uh, pretty I, sure I, my man just turned and threw the ball. Yeah, I, I think that one's more on Downing. But at the same time, you give Mahomes Downing, you give Tannehill Downing, who do you think is going to produce more? I mean, this isn't a question. Mahomes is a better player, and that's not that's not up for it. I And I'm not I'm not saying that he isn't, even though, you know, Ryan Tannehill did have more touchdowns than him uh, since taking over a starter in 2019. Uh, well, Mahomes has a Super Bowl, an MVP. I mean, uh, yeah, things that sure. Tannehill probably, I mean... Look, I, st- I still have hope that he can take the Titans to the Super Bowl. but uh, And Ryan Tannehill is 2-1 and one against Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I got you. In the playoffs, he lost I, the, I He it. lost the most important one in the uh, AFC sure. championship game. Sure. But, yeah, I mean. You, the, could argue, you could argue if he didn't win the first one, they're not even in the playoffs uh, to begin. But, <laughs> but aside sure. from the Tannehill-Mahomes debate, which is getting <laughs> going nowhere I, for me. No, I, I just want to say this. And I didn't mean to start us off on a Tannehill debate to, to kick things off because that's not that's not where we wanted to go this episode. I – I'll just say this. It's a little disheartening at this point. All of the hate and all of the disdain that is going Ryan Tannehill's way. Like, even if you don't think that he deserves a lot of it, though, he deserves a lot of it. Not hate and disdain, not what he's getting. Maybe not Not hate, what he's getting. Blame, I think, is more. If you want to put blame on him, sure. But like, I don't understand all of the public outcry. Uh, to absolutely pin that loss, all of the Titans' hopes and dreams on this man uh, because for a couple of reasons. One, he's going to be under center for the Tennessee Titans in 2022, uh, September. So, like, why we're going to spend this entire offseason berating him and then expect him to come out and perform well next season? I, I don't I don't get it. Like because the Titans are not they're not well, getting Russell Wilson. They're not they're, getting Aaron Rodgers. They're not they're not drafting some rookie phenom out of this quarterback draft. I don't know that the Titans fans are, you know, waiting outside of Tannehill's home with pitchforks and torches. I some of them are. I <laughs> it is hot out there in those Twitter streets right now. It is, it is no Ryan Tannehill. But I mean, you, you have to also realize that. You know, when you play quarterback in the NFL and you don't play well in big games on teams that have the talent to win the Super Bowl, right, but you're going to get some hate. You you're going to you're, you're have doubters. One bad game, though. I mean, and you and, and that's look, the thing. It's not just one. It's three in but, a row in the playoffs. First of all, no, it's not three in a row. You're talking about Derrick Henry has had three bad games in a row. I don't know which one you're counting as a good game. 
the AFC championship game, he did not play poorly at all. The The Chiefs shut down Derrick Henry and he put up what? Yeah, it all, oh, uh, over 100 yard, uh, 100 passer rating in that game. Teams are going to game plan around. Put up over Henry, 200 though. yards passing. Like, I I mean, I'm just saying. Over like, 200 he, yards. That's an attendance policy. I mean, that's checking the box for oh, being stop. in class that day. Oh, my gosh. Stop in it. In 2022 in the NFL, that is a that is an attendance check mark. Well, it's probably why they lost by by two scores in that game. Yeah. Look, but I'm I'm just saying I look the the man is it, there's a lot of revisionist history going on right now. A lot like a lot of people going into Saturday again, you know, two weeks ago against the Bengals going into that game. No one was saying. Ryan Tannehill sucks. He oh, he doesn't perform in the playoffs. Well, they were because but now because he went and shit the bed against the Bengals. Now people are going back and getting real nitpicky with his stats. Getting real oh, he doesn't play well in the in the postseason. Honestly, for the most part, he hasn't had to. He hasn't had to play great in the playoffs. You don't need a good quarterback when you've got a freaking Derrick Henry. When you've got a defense like the Titans have had. So I, I don't, I don't get the, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like a lot of people are now going back and being like, oh, well that, that Ravens loss was his. Why? Because on the final drive, he threw a pick where Khalif Raymond slipped. Well, because after the first quarter, the offense couldn't do anything. That, how was that all on Ryan Tannehill? He's the quarterback. Where was it, Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, who rushed for 2,000 yards, put up 40 yards in that game. And you know how much I love Derrick Henry. You know how much this pains me to say, but it's just, it doesn't make sense to me that the, the Titans fans are, are being real nitpicky about who has to perform in the playoffs. It's strictly the quarterback in this case. You could say the offensive line didn't perform. Open up holes for Derrick Henry. Why, where's the disdain for them? I. It's just he's being made the scapegoat, and it's going to have long-term effects for this franchise. To, like Ryan Tannehill is going to like feel the hate and pressure. You know he sees every et mention that he gets on Twitter. You know, like it, like he just sees him pile up like all of the hate and death threats he's probably getting because he played poorly in the Bengals game. All I'm saying is you expect this guy to go out and have confidence coming yes. in next season? Yes, I mean he better if he wants to if he wants to start for the Titans at, oh my after God. next season. Oh my I mean we God. can't run to we can't be running from blaming the quarterback, the man, the most important position on a team who came up short and turned the ball over three times after, you know, performing below average in the last playoff losses that the Titans have had. Um, but look, how many times? So, so hold on. We were not on. supposed to start the episode. We were not supposed way. to start this but way. I, but it, I do I, want to wrap it, this up as soon as it, possible. It, it's a, we it's have a to great, put the proper blame on the guy. It, it is a great discussion, but it's dare, how long have we been saying that the most important player on the Titans team is Derrick Henry? Yes. How, how many NFL teams know that? But but now all of a sudden, because Ryan Tannehill comes out and doesn't perform well, now we're saying he's the most important player on the team. The quarterback is the most important player on the team. You could well, have Derrick Henry, but, in but, the but that wasn't that wasn't the case when Derrick Henry was rushing for two thousand yards in a season. Well, when he was when rushing, rushing for nine hundred yards before injury. I mean, when you rush for two thousand yards, you probably are the most important player on the team. That and that's what we've said. We've said you and I have said that on this. But podcast. you can't win a Super Bowl without a, a quarterback in the playoffs in today's age. I mean, you could maybe get it done in the early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, but nowadays, I mean, they need more out of that position. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo carried them to a Super Bowl. They were a draw, drop pick away from being back there this year. Right. I'm and just saying, like, it's, it, I think there's just, I don't know. I just think there's a little bit of too much, too much not, blame going around. Let's not, That's, you know, 
blow roses up his up his butt either because yeah, he didn't play well and he doesn't he didn't he no he he absolutely shit the bed he yeah. played one of the worst games that we've seen him play and it was it in the, yeah, the worst possible game yeah in the, in the biggest moments he comes up short that's agreed he did not he did not look good but he also turned the ball over more this year a year where oh Todd Downing took over as play caller. I think yeah, he's not putting in. It's, it's not just Tannehill emphasis I mean, to succeed. I, that's that's more multifaceted I, when you when you look to appropriate the blame. Here. I just think it. Yeah, if you want to if you want to revert some hate and disdain, turn it to the coaching staff. That to me is the that's the that's the only difference. That and the injuries is the only difference from Ryan Tannehill being great. We've seen him be great to Ryan Tannehill being what he was this year, yeah. which was still a one seed. I mean, damn it. I mean, like, gosh, like it, he still went out and held this team together when they were dropping like freaking uh, squid game. I, I know. And you know, the regular season, we know he's a good regular season quarterback, but we're sick of just seeing regular season wins. We need to see some postseason wins. And All I right. think that's where we're, we're wrong. But the, but the Let's, question we wanted to start the, off with. The question we wanted to start off with. There we go. We got 20 minutes of freaking Tannehill right off the bat for you. Uh, Jack, do you feel I like after that Bengals, after seeing the Bengals win to advance to the Super Bowl, I felt both simultaneously better and worse. I kind of did too. I, I, I felt good for one reason and bad for another. But I want to hear what you, uh, I want to hear yours first. I, I felt better knowing like, oh, okay, good. So this is a good team. It wasn't just a fluke win against the Titans. Good point. It was, okay, they're, if they're good enough to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, then that makes me feel a little bit better that the Titans got beat in Nissan's Coliseum, okay? But it made me feel worse knowing that, oh, damn, if the Bengals could get the Chiefs at Arrowhead, the Titans definitely could have gotten the Chiefs in LP field. L yeah. LP field. What the wait? Yeah. Nissan Coliseum. Why the, where the hell did that come from? Oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, no, they did get it at the call at Adelphia Coliseum. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, for me, <laughs> it was, you know, I felt good because I got to see Mahomes lose to a quarterback in the postseason that's not Tom Brady. Yes. So a, yes. a second-year guy, really in year 1B after getting hurt, uh, season-ending ACL-MCL tear last year, um, goes into Arrowhead, beats the mighty Chiefs. And the call that really changed the way that game was was going was Andy Reid's decision to go for it um, with five seconds left. I believe it was like a second and goal. Five seconds left around the three or four-yard line, inside the five. And – you know, with the Bengals getting ball at the beginning of the half, they needed to score if they were going to do that because you, yeah. you know, you're you're pretty much essentially leaving three points on the board if you don't get it. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes said uh, that was him just being cocky, like he he thought that you know they could have, you know, he he said he should have thrown the ball away, but he was getting cocky. And to me, this whole game was a Patrick Mahomes got cocky game, kind a of a reality check, wasn't it? A lot of running around, scrambling in the pocket when the Bengals were literally only rushing three in the second half. And he got sacked multiple. In fact, he got sacked more than Burrow got sacked by the Chiefs defensive line. The Chiefs defensive line was at full strength with Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, like all those guys. Like they're just a solid defensive line. And and they couldn't, they brought down Burrow, I think, once. And wasn't that the most shocking part of that game? Yes. Yes. I mean, it, after... it, it honestly was, they, they didn't get the pressure. Now, granted in the first half, Burrow was do, doing like 
one or two step drops. Like it was, he was getting the ball out of his hands very quickly because I think the, the Bengals were very skittish about the Titans game. Yeah. And, and the, the, the Titans put tape out there. There was a blueprint right. on how to contain, you know, how to, how to knock Burrow off his, you know, out of the, out of the pocket, you know, kind of get him out of rhythm. Yep. And it's, you know, just attacking the, the offensive line, which is weak. And we already know they have human traffic cone, Quentin Spain, <laughs> on, on the interior of that offensive line, just ready to get bulldozed by Jeffrey Simmons 10 more times. But <laughs> that was bizarre to me. Why were the yeah. Chiefs not sending more pressure? I, you get to Burrow, you win that football game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was weird. It was and it, it and and then on the offensive side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes, they were running the ball at like six yards, five or six yards a clip or something. It was it like Jarek McKinnon was 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 running the ball very well. Man, he and was for whatever reason, in the second player. half. With a twenty-one to ten lead, they went away from the run. They, I think, they ran the ball five or six times in the second half. It was like it was something unreal like that, and it's like why? And and that's what that's why the Chiefs were bad during that stretch at the beginning of the year. Yeah, because they they weren't running the ball and they weren't taking what defenses were giving them. Everyone was playing them how the Chiefs played them in the second half, and they Patrick Mahomes wasn't checking down, dinging and dunging. Patrick Mahomes kept trying to go for the big play and it, and it really bit them in the ass. It, what, what they struggled with early in the year, you saw them struggle with in the second half of that game. It, it felt like the chiefs were, were just continuously searching for that one big blow, that death yes. blow, that, that, you know, nail in the coffin. That, it, and, was, it was like the murder porn episode of South park. They were looking for the, <laughs> the coolest way to kill the Bengals. Right. Right. And, and I, the, the that Titans. probably doesn't that probably doesn't happen if they're not at home too if you think about it good point they, they you, probably they i mean they may may have had a completely different game plan if they played at nissan coliseum exactly and that's where you know the titans have shown where you could you just grind out a game when you're up two scores you just run the ball stick with it move the mm-hmm. clock move the chains and you know you don't have to score 21 points in the second half that's how the titans have won games the past two three seasons yeah it is you know getting on top of a team and then, you know, not exactly going for the kill shot, but just a slow death by 1,000 needles approach. Yeah. And the, the Chiefs don't know how to win that way. They've got to throw it all over the place. They've got to find Tyreek Hill across the middle from 50 yards or run some double reverse pass or, or maybe a shovel underneath the Kelsey that goes for 25. Right. I mean, they don't – they aren't built to win that way. And that came back to get them. Now, what made me not feel great about the Bengals winning that game is we already knew the Titans had to, you know, they're going to have to battle with Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, who didn't make the playoffs this season, but he's a guy to watch out for. Uh, and now Joe Burrow. They, those teams all have quarterbacks that are better than Ryan Tannehill. And you're going to have to find a way to get, not only get to those quarterbacks, and I get it, the defense took a huge leap this year, but you have to account for those guys. And we know the Titans Super Bowl window is closing pretty quickly. One, at most two years probably left in that thing. Um, and, and you got to be going up against these guys for the next decade. That's just, yeah. that's not, that's not very comforting to know, but what is, is the Bengals had the third lowest odds preseason to win the Super Bowl, third lowest. I, yeah. I think the the Texans and the Jets or maybe the Jaguars, I believe, I believe it was the Texans and the Jets were the only two teams below. Yeah. They were predicted to finish fourth in the North. Yeah. So they, they're all the way in the Super Bowl. And what, what that does, it's kind of the Atlanta Braves effect. We talked about it with Mike Herndon. It's not just the most talented teams. You don't have to go out in the offseason and buy a Super Bowl. Right. Although the Rams, the Rams, Although are, the Rams yeah, they're the, they're the counterpoint to that argument. It, it, they went out and did of, that. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, 
two different tales here that we're, we're telling in the Super Bowl story. And that's one that the Rams sold their soul. Yeah. For all these veterans, all these big money which, dudes. Which I, uh, on, yeah, to that, to the Rams credit, I have a ton of respect for that. I actually love that, that they knew that they have a small championship window. They need to, they, they were going all in for this year and it's paying off. And I, I kind of hope John Robinson and crew, I, I don't want them to take that full approach. Like, you know, don't, don't sell mortgage the future. The future. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, but you, if you do go all in, if you push your chips to the center of the table, you very well could find yourself in Super Bowl 57. I like that you brought that up um, because, you know, if National Predators fans, the Preds had a pretty big Stanley Cup window, four years or so. Yeah. And David Poyle, you know, the moves he made, he he really wasn't able to conquer that that Stanley Cup window. He wasn't able to go put the right pieces, the right veterans in. You know, he he rolled the dice on a couple of guys that, you know, you'd hope would pan out. But the Rams are saying, we don't have time to wait and see if these guys are going to develop. Yeah. We got to go out and get known commodities who can jump in now and uh, you know take us to a Super Bowl. But on the on the on the opposite side, you have the Bengals who are the hottest team in the league, right? They've got yeah. a great quarterback, which is, I mean, at the bare minimum, you got to have a great quarterback to take a below average team. I mean, maybe they're not below, maybe they're slightly above average, right? Take right. a team that's that's not a you know a typical team where you look at it on paper and say that's a Super Bowl contender. You got to have a quarterback who can elevate you. They have it. And, you know, I think that that gives hope to teams that aren't going to be the best rosters heading into next season. That gives hope for the Titans beyond the Super Bowl window to be like the Bengals just did this a couple of years ago. I mean, we don't have to have the best group of guys. We just have to be playing our best football in January. Right. So I think there's a couple ways to look at it, but none of it makes me feel any better because the Titans, every time the Bengals take the field, it's man, that should have been the Titans for me and I can't kick it. Last thing I'll say about that matchup and, and another thing to feel good about Titans fans. If you like to trash talk as much as I do, um, or not necessarily trash talk. I don't like to trash talk. I, I like to hype my own team, if you will. I love to hype my own team. And I love to do it obnoxiously to where other people think it's trash talk. And sometimes, yeah, you know, to, to throw a little shade on the other team as well. Make, make, yeah, kick, yeah, kick, yeah, kick yeah, a yeah. Dirt, kick a little dirt on them. That's my trash talk, yeah. I By hyping my team enough to where it's like, oops, did I get some dirt <laughs> on your grave? My fault. Um, I that The Bengals winning that game was, was the best possible outcome for the Titans in the sense that, remember, flash back to Sunday night after the Titans lost, Bengals, or excuse me, Bills, Chiefs. Everyone was hyping that, even going into the game, people were hyping that as the AFC Championship. The AFC Championship, game, and then it ended up being one of the most incredible games we've ever watched. Yeah. And everyone, it was just like, okay, the winner of that game's in the Super Bowl. Especially after the Bengals beat the Titans, it was like, yeah, there's no chance. But even if the Titans would have won that game, people probably would have still been saying that. The fact that the Bengals went out and beat the Chiefs, eliminates any any uh i guess uh, what's what, what is it i'm looking for like like it any um it kind of silences it silences it, chiefs and bills fans a little bit in the sense that you could say like if they want to say oh yeah well we went out and put played one of the best games in the playoffs you know we're we're clearly better than you we got so much hype and love from the national attention media we got we're clearly better than you no, no, no. That allows the, the fact that the Bengals went out and, and beat the Chiefs 
the Titans fans still have precedence over the Chiefs and Bills and saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, we kicked your ass during the regular season. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like, had we have met, we probably would have had the same outcome the, the Bengals had on you. But it's like that keeps that door open. I guess what I'm trying to say is it keeps that door open for Titans fans to still have a little bit of trash talk in there. Even though we got our asses handed to us by the Bengals, it's still like we can still be like, oh, yeah, Bills, uh, uh, how'd you guys do against us the last two times you played us? Oh, uh, uh, Chiefs, how'd you guys do against us the last two times you played us? Oh, not well? Okay, cool, cool. Talk to us when you do do well. Uh, all right, let's talk about Jim Schwartz uh, because he is, as, as, as we talked about in the cold open, he is, we, we picked up his phone the other day. You know, we were getting suspicious and we start rummaging through his uh, WhatsApp uh, or Oh, his, yeah, maybe he was Instagram going through DMs. a different app to send some yeah, you know, just to keep in touch with maybe somebody he shouldn't be talking. Right. To. We we hopped on his Snapchat, noticed a few snaps from uh from an uh, a girl that we don't like. Yeah, and that is Mrs. Indianapolis Colts streak going on Snapchat with the Colts, doesn't he? Yeah, right. It's it's not that he's flirting. I will just say it. He's flirting. They're looking for him for their defensive coordinator job. Obviously, Matt Eberflus, uh, my former DC. What's up, dude? Uh, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Uh, he is now in Chicago with me. What's up, dude? Followed me here. Yeah, cool. I mean, if the Bears need a need a running back maybe next season, maybe it's an emergency goalie I, situation. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I may or may not have Googled what it takes to join the Bears scout team. <laughs> <laughs> At least get a training camp invite, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, look, I've done it. C coach, you know me. You know, it's like, it's me, Austin. <laughs> like, come on, let's run it back. Like, hey, I think I remember that guy. He had a big run in a spring game that got called back one time. Yeah, yes, right, Jack, <laughs> you remember. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, Coach, you want to maybe almost win the Sun Bowl? <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> come on, remember when we beat South Carolina in the Independence Bowl? Come on, let's do it. Let's run it back. <laughs> I think I think it's at least worth an ask. It's worth an ask. It, it is. Um, but so are, are we mad at Jim Schwartz for talking to the Colts? Because he I, wasn't the DC for the Titans no, this year. That I, was both. I know. That's the thing. You can't, you can't be mad. You know, it's like, it's like when you have a really good intern working for your company and like he's, he goes and gets like a, you know, like an executive level position at yeah. another company. And you can't, like you, you can't afford to match the offer. Right. You can't be mad. And if he does take it, you're going to have to watch him go. What you're hoping is for like, he just enjoys living in Nashville. Like his love for living in Nashville trumps the fact that he has to go and get coffee for the other members of the staff every day, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Because, because you know, with the Titans, I think he's very valued. And not, don't get me wrong, a defensive coordinator would be extremely valuable for the Colts as well. But he's kind of in a position where if something goes wrong, it's not his fault. Right, you know, right. You know, it, it's Bowen's fault. Yeah. And then maybe he steps in for the Titans. And Jim Schwartz has always kind of been the like the epitome of Peter principle for me. Like he's, he did not make it as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, at least for the Titans, he's always been great. Last time he was the Titans defensive coordinator, true DC, the, the Titans had one of their best defenses in franchise history. So I love having this guy on staff. Like I, I trust and I respect his opinion. I think he knows the defensive side of football. It's kind of like Barry Odom uh, in college rankings. Like, Barry Odom was, I mean, he had Mizzou had one of the best, uh, uh, the the eighth best defense in the country, second best in the SEC behind only Alabama. And then he takes the head coaching job and he kind of sucks. That to me is Jim Schwartz on the, on the pro ranking. He's a great defensive minded coach, but when you have to give him full control, 
it doesn't work that well. So when they bring him back, when they brought him back, I mean, you remember, you, you remember from this podcast, we, we talked about it. We were excited about that hire. It's like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, at least someone who kind of knows what they're doing on a defensive staff yeah. that seemed like they didn't know. And then they go out and they perform the, and look, they brought in two big beasts or, or, or multiple big beasts on that defensive line as well with Bud Dupree, Danico Autry. Like they went out and got some personnel changes in there too. Jay but, Rob deserves a lot of credit for the defense. Yeah, but the, I think the coaching and the communication and a lot of that, because we were seeing guys like Kevin Byard two seasons ago, not play well. And when we know he's a good player. So this year to see him, Kevin Byard kind of return to form, it, it felt better. And it, and I think Jim Schwartz had a big play to that. With that said, if, uh, if he takes this Colts job, I'm going to go jump out a window. It'll be sad. And the Colts aren't, you know, dead set on Jim Schwartz for the record. They're bringing in a handful of guys. Uh, they're, they're bringing in the Raiders, DC, Gus Bradley from this past season. Uh, McDaniel's getting that job in Las Vegas. I don't know if he's got a spot for Bradley on the staff. Um, Saints DBs coach, Chris Richard, Cowboys secondary coach, Joe Witt. Um, I believe the secondary coach from Washington is also in the mix. Yeah, um, do, yeah Jags, do that, Colts. Colts, hire him. He, he, just go young. You don't want – Jim Schwartz is an old fart. You know, you don't want old wrinkly balls on your staff. Jags defensive coordinator, Joe Colin, also in on the mix there in Indy. So there's a lot of guys the Colts are going to be go, are sifting through. But that would be disappointing because it was, just, it was just a couple days ago that we were like, yes, the Colts are without a D.C.? Yeah, this is right? fantastic. Right now it's like uh, now they're fishing in our pond and we don't. Yeah, like them it's like stay out, dude. Like stay out, Colts. Okay, like we have mutual respect in the sense that we both hate each other. Okay, so <laughs> let's not let's not go dipping any other. Is other it, would this be payback for the Danico Autry move? It might be. It might, and that's on them though. They, that's know, like they yeah. could have resigned him. And Gandhi always said, "An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind." So I don't think that that's the right approach, Colts. If you want to be good in Gandhi's eyes, you stay away from Jim Schwartz, damn it. Jeez, man, an eye for an eye. That, yeah, and the Titans, when we talk about blindness, the freaking Titans defense two years ago was blind, and I don't want them to go back to that. I I would prefer them to be as good as they were this year. Nine sacks in a game. I'm just, that. don't let that get lost in the shuffle of how great like that was great. They set a damn NFL record, an NFL record with nine sacks. That's incredible. Uh, let's get to Mike Herndon. And, and uh, but first, let's get a word from DraftKings. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? Bet on Super Bowl 56 props instead. DraftKings Sportsbook offers a wide range of props throughout the big game. Take your shot at winning cash by predicting props, like if a non-quarterback will throw a pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code A to Z Sports, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789.
If it sounds like we've been giggling, it's because we are we have been uh, before we even started press record because we're welcoming back one of our favorite uncles of this podcast, uh, the still semi-retired, I guess I should say. Uh, even, maybe even more retired now. Maybe even more <laughs> retired now, which, look, I... I don't blame him. I kind of wish I was retired after where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, Mike, uh, on a scale of one to Tom Brady, how retired are you? Ooh, good question. Well, <laughs> I will say this. I deleted Twitter off of my phone after the game. No, no way. Oh. Well, I was going to say, go follow at Mike Miracles on uh, on Twitter uh, because uh, then you could follow at uh, see Mike Herndon there but uh but if he's already deleted it i don't know maybe just go and check and see if the account's still available and if so follow him until he returns but it is mr mike herndon uncle mike herndon uh mike um i'm not gonna ask how are you because i already know the answer to that um but what i will ask is to start off things does it hurt more or less knowing that the cincinnati Bengals are playing in the super bowl uh yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I kind of hate that I'm going to have to watch that team uh, play again um, during the Super Bowl, which I was, you know, I, I always look forward to the Super Bowl, even when the Titans aren't in it, which is, you know, almost always. Um, <laughs> and I enjoy watching it, but I don't particularly enjoy watching the team that ruined my hopes and dreams play. Yeah. Um, and especially when I can't root for vengeance, because I cannot bring myself to root for the L.A. Rams. The, the only team that's ever beaten the Titans in a Super Bowl. That's true. And also, just an unlikable team. Like, the Rams are unlikable. I don't like anything about them. I don't like their owner. I don't like McVay and his overuse of hair gel. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like Aaron Donald, who has a tendency to choke people all the time, but nobody ever calls him out for it because he's Aaron Donald. Um, I don't really like any, uh, anybody on the Rams. So, I would normally root against the team that had ousted the Titans, but I can't even do that. So way to go, Bengals. You ruined the whole thing for me. Do, oh, do hope you you're feel happy, like, Bengals. Do you feel like vindicated at all? Like knowing like, okay, well, the Bengals just went into Arrowhead, beat the Chiefs, and so they're good enough to win a Super Bowl, or is it one of those things where it's like, ah, damn it. If the Bengals could freaking go into Arrowhead against the Chiefs and win, the Titans definitely could have taken care of the Chiefs at home. I, I still think, and this is going to sound crazy, I still think the Titans were the best team in the AFC this year. And it's, it's hard to shake that feeling now because I don't think the Bengals were the better team on the field when they played in Nashville. I think the Titans beat themselves. They shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. We've seen this team do that way too much, and I guess maybe that's why I shouldn't call them the best team in the AFC. But I feel like their best, the Titans' best was better than anyone else's best this year yeah. in, in the conference. And maybe that's the way I, that I should put it. And the inconsistencies ultimately kept them from reaching their ultimate goal. And, and it's super frustrating that that's the case, right? Because you, you would – I feel like we were robbed of an epic celebration in Nashville with the AFC Championship game being there and, and beating the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Like, can you imagine what that scene would have felt like? I feel like we were robbed. Robbed. It's a travesty. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely a travesty. And I, I've been thinking this, you know, ever since the game ended on Sunday, that the Bengals run, the Super Bowl run that they're on, I, I think shows two things, one good and one bad for the Titans. The good thing being that, you know, it's not always the best team that makes it that far. You know, teams can get hot. We saw the Braves do it in the MLB. Um, I'm not going to stop talking about that. I'm actually wearing a Braves shirt. Oh, right yeah. Now. All right, but, dude. Cool. <laughs> but but, the, but the, the downside is that now the Titans have a whole other team to worry about and a quarterback that looks like he's going to be around for, uh, you know, the next 10, 15 seasons, causing all kinds of hell for the Tennessee Titans. But what do you think about that? Do you, are you, are you kind of with me that, you know, the Chiefs now appear to be mortal. Mahomes has lost to a quarterback besides Tom Brady for the first time in the playoffs. And, you know, at home as well, he's knocked off from his – uh, from, from their AFC thrown four straight years with those guys in the conference championship. Isn't it good to kind of see new blood in the Super Bowl? I, I am kind of excited that we're not watching the Chiefs play in yet another Super Bowl. Um, and, and look, if it wasn't for, you know, them personally ruining my, uh, my football season, um, I would like this Bengals team. I mean, Joe Burrow is super easy to root for. Like, I, I love that guy. I love the way he plays. I love the way – I love his personality. I love everything about the guy. Um, I like watching DeMar Chase and, and T. Higgins and all these, you know, players that they've got on offense. And their defense has been fantastic. I think it's been – I think it's fun. I do think it's fun to have, like, some fresh blood in the Super Bowl. Stafford versus Burrow. It's a different matchup. Uh, it's not the same old, same old stuff. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that, but it is tempered by the fact that yeah, the the AFC is so loaded with young superstar quarterbacks now because you have to put Burrow in the superstar category now. I I, I just think you do, um, and you've already got Mahomes, you've already got Allen, uh, you've got Herbert who's on his way, um, and if Deshaun Watson ends up in the AFC, I, I still think you know massage issues aside. He is uh, still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, when he's on the field. So, All right, what about with massage uh, yeah. issues not aside? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that makes him one of the uh, <laughs> most um, – I don't know. He's probably still talented enough to win you a Super Bowl as yeah. a quarterback, but uh, can he stay on the field and not suspended is, is a totally different question. Yeah, definitely gets his way, that's for sure. Another part yeah. of of what makes it so frustrating for, for Titans fans, I think, and I think I can say this speaking on behalf of the fan base, um, you know, you have a young quarterback like Joe Burrow, very swaggy, you know, that, that team's easy to like. Um, but you can't cheer for them because they knock you out. But on the other side, you have the Rams who have sold their soul along with every good draft pick they have for the next 10 seasons in order to make the Super Bowl this season. So it's kind of, for me, finding the lesser of two evils on who I'm going for, you know, in two weeks. I don't know. I, I'm still going to have a tough time deciding. I think I'm leaning Bengals. Um, just, I, I can't, I can't sit here. I mean, for one, I don't think it would be great for the NFL to have two straight Super Bowls won by a team in their own stadium. Like it hadn't happened. It feels like the Rams are just trying to knock off the, what the Bucks did last year. And I don't want to see it happen. Well, that's um, what Hollywood. That's what Hollywood does. They see what works, and then they just try and cash in on it as much they as they possible. throw as much money as they can at it. In, yeah, with a lesser, like, lesser done sequel. It's like bucks to electric boogaloo. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just, right. what are we doing here? <laughs> right. Um, so, and, and just Stan Kroenke. I, I can't root for any Stan Kroenke team. I, I just can't do it. So, I, I think I'm Team Bengals, but ultimately. 
I don't, I don't really care who wins the game necessarily. I hope it's another good game. We've actually been lucky to have uh, good games each of the last two rounds after a uh, embarrassing blowout uh, uh, round, which ironically the Bengals were like the one team that didn't blow out their first round mm-hmm. opponent. Uh, and, and we maybe are one Derek Carr ridiculous spike away from uh, not even talking about the Bengals at all uh-huh. uh, past that week. So not to, not to bring up uh, more, more hard uh, realities for Titans fans, but I would have much rather played the Raiders. That's for sure. Uh, of course I would have much rather played the, the Steelers. I would have much rather played literally anyone. Uh, and now I'm not just saying that after the fact, I felt that way going into it, but uh, Mike, earlier you said uh, that you still believe that, you know, obviously like when the Titans are not shooting themselves in the foot, they are the best team in football. And I, I, I tend to agree with that. Like I think talented wise, when they're at their best, they are tough to beat. Obviously they were tough to beat throughout the regular season. You know, they go through what uh, of, of the eight remaining divisional playoff teams, they were four and zero against them. So it, they, they were, a very strong team throughout the season. Now here's something I don't think we are going to agree on. And I think it's an important conversation. It's a conversation that all Titans fans need to have uh, with either uh, a a spouse, a loved one um, or, or a therapist. Uh, And that is the conversation about Ryan Tannehill. A lot of people, a lot of people in the streets right now, just absolutely hating on Tannehill worse than they're hating on, anyone in orange and black and i want to know first first and foremost i guess what is your take on on 17 all right so i and and i was willing to kind of overlook the playoff stuff for the first two seasons right and i think Tannehill has proven he's a very good regular season quarterback you know he's not elite uh but nobody's ever argued that he was i think he's in that top 10-ish range uh, among NFL quarterbacks. And I still do believe that's true. But I think he's very much in the the kind of, you know, and you could make a Super Bowl, I think, with him. I, I think you could. But it's such a fine, like, rope, like, tightrope to walk because it's – I feel like when it, the lights shine brightest, he comes up the, the smallest. And that's so hard. Um to play a style of football that you can win in spite of your quarterback in the playoffs. And, and I just feel like the first, the first playoff run, you know, obviously it's been well chronicled the, the game against the Patriots, the game against the Ravens, he hardly threw the ball and, and they won mostly because Derrick Henry was steamrolling uh, defenses. And, and then they ran up against the chiefs and Henry got stopped. And so did the Titans. Now I, I tend to think nobody was really beating the chiefs uh, during that run. I, 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 think they were the best team for a reason um but i think you know you look last year the, the ravens game it's more of the same you know they stuff they stuff derrick henry and they the titans just don't have that counter punch to go to and then you kind of see it again for a third straight year with the Bengals. and i'm starting to think that this is just who he is he is not good enough to carry you on the biggest stages i don't know if it's a nerves thing with him and, and I honestly don't even put all the interceptions on him. I, I think Downing has a lot to do with the interception specifically. And, and sure, Tannehill made some good throws as well. The, the dime to A.J. Brown obviously was one of the best throws of the playoffs. But yeah. it's hard for me to, to really feel great heading into any playoff game with Ryan Tannehill at this point because it, it just feels like 
we've got to see it at this point. I, I mean, you can't do the same thing for three years and it not become like prove it mode, prove that you're different than what I think you are now. And I think he's a good regular season quarterback. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that can take you to the, the promised land unless everything else is perfect around him. I mean, you got to have a great defense. You got to have the great running game. You got to have amazing receivers and it's all got to click. Um, and, and I just think that's such a fine, fine line to walk. Now, if I would have asked you that question, could Ryan Tannehill take the Titans to a Super Bowl prior to that Saturday afternoon, at, probably at noon on, on that Saturday before playing the Bengals, would your answer have been different? I think, I think I would have said that, yes, he can take them to a Super Bowl. Now, I don't know that I ever thought he could carry a team to a Super Bowl. I, I think he could have been – I think he could be a cog in the wheel of a Super Bowl machine, right? right. I, I don't think he can be the engine that drives that machine. Um, so I, I, I don't know that that's changed for me. Um, but I guess – my concern level as far as his specifically his postseason performances is now raised because that's a lot of bad playoff performances stacked up now. And, you know, I, I mean, just don't know how anyone I mean, can look at it. It's two. If you want to, even if you want to, I mean, it's two bad playoff performances, but, and that's even if you right. want to count last year against the Ravens, which statistically wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. And then the yeah. people want to point to the the Khalif Raymond interception at the end where Khalif slips. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of um, revisionist history going on amongst Titans fans with Ryan Tannehill. Like going into Saturday, everyone's saying, "Oh, Tan like Titans are going to the Super Bowl." There's no doubt. And and then all of a sudden, and he goes out and he he shits the bed. It was it was probably one of the worst Tannehill starts we've we've seen, and. And but even despite that, they still almost win. And now everyone's ready to show them the door. And so I guess my follow up would be like, if 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 Tannehill's not the guy, what's the answer here? Because there, there's a very small playoff window. And I don't think anyone's going to trade you Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff straight up <laughs> with the Titans. I, so it's like, what's the answer? Like, I, I personally, I, I my mind hasn't changed on Tannehill. I we've seen him be. We've seen him be great. We've seen him put up elite numbers. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's, I think he's on average, probably the 10th best quarterback in the sport, but we've seen him put up elite numbers under Arthur Smith. Then this year, his whole team goes injured, gets injured. He, he, he loses Derrick Henry for half the season and he still gets this team to a one seed. I, what I, I guess I'm just confused because I, I don't think Titans fans are really like they're ready to show this guy the door and he could, you could argue that he's the second best, maybe even the best quarterback the Titans have ever had in franchise history. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up good points there. And I do think there has been a lot of uh, people who have just turned 180 on Tannehill. Um, and I, I do think I would like if the Titans could find a better quarterback, I, you know, I've, that's always a good thing, right? Well, yeah, sure. Definitely. Right. But it's like, you know, it's like, yeah. If I could, if, 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 if I had a million dollars, the bare naked ladies sang. They didn't have a million dollars when they sang it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
So, and, and I, I will say, you know, I, I don't think Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, all these people, all these, all the quarterbacks, people are going to throw out all off season. And I, I'm already sick of it. Uh, <laughs> it I don't just don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so I, I do think they're going to have Tannehill as the starter court, starting quarterback next year. Um, and now do I think they, they should start looking at, well, we need to have a contingency plan of like, hey, if this if we've hit our ceiling with this guy, and we need someone else who can go to that next level, like what does that look like? Because it's probably not Logan Woodside. Um, I, I think it would be smart for them to at least explore options. Um, but I think all all in all realism it's most likely Tannehill is the guy for 2022 and we'll see what, what he makes of it, you know, and what they're able to put around him, obviously. Um, but I do think one point that I'll make to kind of back up yours off of this, what, what would Titans fans be saying if uh, their quarterback had a 21 to three lead uh, in right. the game row, and then shit the bat in the second half through two interceptions, couldn't score uh, a single point after halftime, wouldn't they be saying fire, uh, fire that quarterback? That, and that, that's, that's exactly the thing. If, if anything, seeing what that Bengals defense did to Patrick Mahomes and that insane offense in the second half of that game, I, I feel like that should peel back some of the uh, the hate and the disdain for that Titans fans, Titans fans have for Tannehill because. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions. I mean, that's uh, against that same defense that Ryan Daniel threw three against. So I, I don't know. I just feel like, I, I just feel like, you know, and then if you want to look at playoff performance, yeah, I don't want to do it, but Derrick Henry, where's he been? You know, like, it's not yeah. like, are, are we ready to show him the door? No, of course not. All right, hang on just a second. Okay. All right. So if you're if you're if you're listening, I think we maybe keep this part in, Jack. I think <laughs> Mike said he had to pick up a package from Mike, FedEx. Yes, and we don't know if the contents of the package are legal or illegal, but that is where he's doing. He well, stepped out to grab a package. And if you're watching on YouTube, you you may have seen Mike's getup. Okay, first of all, dressed very well, dressed <laughs> to the nines. Great, I love his jacket. Um, but he's wearing sunglasses. He's giving off mad like Eric Church vibes right now. By the way, Austin, watch closely when he comes back. I think he's been driving around this whole time. Do you think so? Let, let's let's pay I attention saw, when like, he gets people, back. Either that or people were moving in the background. One of the uh, two. It looked like the car was moving. We'll have to pay attention when he gets back. But it, I just hope he doesn't come back with like a little white powder under his nose. <laughs> or something. He, he said he had to pick up a package from FedEx. Like he's like, hey guys, just so you know, like. I may have to cut this, cut into this interview. Uh, I'm waiting on a FedEx guy. And, uh, and then he's like, it, you know, if you, if you hear sirens going off, just don't, don't worry. We will well, <laughs> just cut the interview and I'll, we'll pick it up later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After he gets bonded out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what are you doing? dude? <laughs> Look, I just got done watching Ozark. I know. Uh, how same, these so, so my mind is working right? on Navarro cartel side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he could be the mule. I mean, he's unsuspecting, and we've never seen him dressed like this. Now he's yeah, dressed look, like a he was he a guy was, who makes big decisions. Right. He was very skittish on his uh, criticism of the Chiefs on Sunday, probably because he doesn't want the KC mob up his ass. That's you know? true. That is true. 
Look, as a guy who went to school in Missouri, I know all all about these types. That's for sure. Yeah, you 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 vague, you you spring breaked in the Ozarks, didn't you? Oh, without question. Yes, <laughs> still do sometimes. You know, like there he is. Go go go! We got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Mike, we were Jack. Jack and I were wondering while you were gone um, if you if you're committing a, a felony right now. And we're interviewing for our interviewing you for our podcast. Like, are we accomplices to that crime? Um, I don't, that's a good question. I, I may have to ask uh, our legal team. Okay, our Mike. our legal team. All right, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. Semi retired, meaning yeah, he's retired from F words pod, but he's not. Look, he's <laughs> very much in business, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> the business. Right. Speaking of potential double agents, Jim Schwartz is going to be brought in by the Colts. <laughs> That's how we do it here on the Titan Up podcast. Don't ever take it for granted. The Colts have requested permission to interview Jim Schwartz, who was kind of in a consultant role when, you know, but it was clear whatever consulting he did, it worked this season. How big of a loss would that be this offseason? And would that really set the defense back? Or are you content with, you know, the talent that they have on that side of the ball now? I, I do think I do think Schwartz helped probably. Uh, I think it's really hard to know how much he helped versus how much it was Danico Autry and Bud Dupree and uh, Zach Cunningham and everybody else that they brought in uh, during the offseason because I, I still feel like the number one difference was the talent um, on that side of the ball this year. But that being said, I'd really hate to see Schwartz go to the Colts. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be painful because it would be a really miserable way to find out that Schwartz was like propping up this entire unit for him to go to Indy and Indy's defense be awesome and the Titans defense fall apart. Like that, that would be miserable. So I think, yeah, we should be rooting for uh, Schwartz to stick around and hopefully someone else uh, gets that Indy job. Yeah, yeah I'm with I, you. I was laughing when Eberflus took the Bears job because I was like, "Ha, ah, that, yeah, that sucks yeah. for you guys." And then, and then yeah. they were like, "Yeah, we're, now we're looking at Schwartz." And I was like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you assholes!" Yeah, the Schwartz, like to to me. And look again, I think I think your answer was spot on. Where it's like we don't know, but you know, like it, it, it very well could be that Schwartz was the reason, kind of for this defensive turnaround. And all I'm saying is, it's it's very. I find it to be no coincidence that every time Jim Schwartz is on this staff as like a defensive minded guy, the Titans put together some of their best defenses in franchise. Pass rush is just transformed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, obviously I think he is like the, the epitome of the Peter principle where it's like, you know, he can only go like, he can't be a head coach that he proved that, right. but defensive coordinator, my goodness, he is a freaking, uh, uh he's, he's a, a mastermind. Yeah, yeah, he, he's excellent, and I do think, I do think Bowen has, you know, proven that he can. He's probably. I really, I think if the if Schwartz did leave it for the indie job, I think it's more likely that the in that the Colts defense gets more benefit than the Titans being hurt. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, because I, I do feel like a year of seeing what works you know, with Bowen and everything, because obviously Bowen was still calling the defense. Like it was still his defense at the end of the day, but yeah, whatever input Schwartz had, I would imagine Bowen would take what he learned 
and be able to continue to apply it um, moving forward. But it, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't want to find out either way. I, I, I hope for it <laughs> around. I know he likes living here. So, I, you know, who's, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I look at Schwartz kind of consulting Bowen as, as, you know, in high school, I wasn't good at pre-algebra. I was making, you know, C minuses. I, I, I needed to pass the class. I was struggling to do it on my own. So I went and found a tutor. I feel like Jim Schwartz was Bowen's tutor this season. And now Ooh, next like year, that. we'll get to really figure out how much he learned in that one season being tutored by Jim Schwartz. If he leaves, it's not a done deal. They're interviewing multiple guys. All right, Who, Mike. Wait, who's who's worse? You at algebra or Bowen at Me defense? at algebra. I don't even need to know <laughs> the second half of that question. Okay, Mike, I'm going to run you three guys. I'm going to give you three names, and I want you to tell me if you believe that they will be a Tennessee Titan next season, and just a quick thought why. Ooh, good game. Okay. I like this game. All right, we're going to start with one of the more popular guys the Titans brought in this year, probably the most popular guy. Um, and I'm talking midseason. Deontay Foreman. Is he going to be a Titan next year? I'm going to say no, uh, simply because I, I think he played well enough that somebody's going to give him a, an opportunity to get real work. And I, I think that's what he's going to look for is I want to be a at least a member of a backfield by committee. And he knows that as long as Derrick Henry's healthy, this is the Derrick Henry show in Nashville. So I, I think despite the fact that the Titans kind of gave him this opportunity and, and kind of pulled his career um, you know, out of nowhere – uh, to a spot where he may get some real looks uh, at, at a starting role, I think he's probably going to try to strike while the iron's hot and go get that opportunity uh, to, for a bigger job somewhere else. All right, my second one, Roger Saffold. Do you think he's a Titan next year? Oh, that's a, that's a really tough one. I'm going to say no, um, simply because I mean, he's going to be 34 years old, uh, maybe 35. I can't I can't remember exactly where he's at uh, birthday wise, but. Uh, he is uh, he's definitely well on the wrong side of 30. He really struggled to stay healthy this year. Now, he, he played really well. So when he was right, um, he still got it. But it, it's, it's going to be hard for them to justify his price tag if he's not able to play more than, like, you know, uh, if he's not able to finish more games than he did this year. Because I, I think he played almost all the games, but finishing and being effective was another story at times. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I tend to think no, he's not a Titan. It felt like he would get hurt at least twice a game this season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'd he come back struggling. in, but he he would go down quite often. Yeah. All right, yeah. my last one, the biggest one of the bunch. Harold Landry's contract is up, and he's going to make bank this offseason, whether it's with the Titans or somebody else. Is it as simple as the Titans just kind of giving him a blank check and letting him name his price, or are they going to try and you know save as much as they can? They know how important this offseason is. I think he's a, a super fascinating guy because he's like 11th in the NFL in sacks over the last three years. Um, he had, you know, obviously his breakout year and he played phenomenally against the Bengals. So he's coming off of like the best career, uh, like contract year you could possibly hope for. Uh, and he's still only 25 years old. So I think he's going to get paid. I do think he's going to be a Titan, though. I, I think this coaching staff absolutely loves him. He was one of the first guys that Mike Vrabel mentioned when he talked about guys that provide consistency and guys that are kind of the heartbeat of this team because one of the things that this team really values are guys that play every week. And not only does Harold Landry play every week, I mean, he's, he's missed zero games in the past three years. 
Uh, but he plays almost every snap. Like, he never comes off yeah. the field. I made a joke about, you know, he's obviously going to the Pro Bowl now and, uh, and Brable's coaching. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, watch not Harold Landry's going to get 95% snap rate. <laughs> just because Brable is not going to take him off the field. He just doesn't know how. So I think he's too valuable to this defense. It's not just what he does as a pass rusher. He's incredible at dropping out into coverage. I know people hate when he does that, but he's really good at it. And it makes their defense harder to figure out because he is good at it. Uh, and he's also able to play off the ball. He, I mean, he can do it all. Um, I think you've got to pay him now what that contract and salary looks like will be interesting because he's not a guy that like advanced stats loves his pass rush pass rush win rate is not great. Um, but he he's very effective in what they ask him to do. And in this defense specifically, and I the, the front four was the best unit of the entire team this year. I mean, like what a turnaround yeah, from definitely. the year before how could you possibly risk going back to that, you know, wasteland where you can't get pressure? <laughs> um, I, I feel like you've got to pay him and you've got to keep this front four intact because that may be the best unit on the team again next year. Yeah. Uh, Mike, right after the season ended uh, so abruptly, you tweeted out a to-do list of uh, what you think the Titans need to do this off season. Um, now, my question to you is, has that to-do list changed at all? And if so, what is it? Because I'll be honest, my to-do list immediately following the game was like, A, uh, uh, kill myself, and B, <laughs> uh, uh, everything else, basically. So, yeah. but, you know, now with some time to think and some time to cool down, now kill myself has moved down to like number four on the list. So what, uh, where, where are you at with this, uh, what the Titans need to do this off season? Yeah. So I think I, I said, uh, fired downing, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I still think they should because I, I think a lot of the stuff, you know, especially after going back and watching the game, like I, I tweeted that out before I'd even, uh, gone back and rewatched which normally I try not to put too much out there reactionary wise before I've actually seen like the all 22 film to where you can actually see what's going on in the secondary, um, which is where like half the game happens. Um, but I will say I, I will back off the Tannehill part of the tweet now, because I, I don't think unless you could get a Wilson or you could get uh, a Rogers, which if those guys are available, the Titans should absolutely call and check and see what the price is. And if there's, they're, a possibility sure. i don't think it will be because the other teams would have to be willing to take Tannehill's contract back or the titans would have to find a third party who wanted Tannehill and would be willing to pay it's just not likely um so i think unless you're getting one of those like two guys i think the titans should probably run it back and try again and hope you can surround him with maybe the offense that you had in 29 or 2020 but the defense that you had in 2021, like if you could put those two together, that would mm. be the, the formula. Um, and maybe that means you go get a tight end. Uh, you go get another wide receiver who can play when Julio misses half the games next year. Well, they have um, one, don't they? Don't, don't they have NWI to, to do? Oh, NWI, oh, oh, baby! Oh, He's actually oh. restricted rights free agent as well. So, I mean, he, who knows what they decide on him? Yeah. He's going to get a payday. Yeah, he ought to. I, I I do I do like NWI, but I would like to 
to not see him getting crucial passes on the final drive. Of <laughs> Why uh, did it not? Did it not go well? <laughs> didn't go. Didn't go great. Turns out he was not able to get a ton of separation. There. No, no. Where um, where NWI flourishes is on like fake punts. That's that's yeah. his that's his wheelhouse right there. Is a and against the Colts. tremendous. One of the best fake punt receivers of all time. Right. In, in and, my and on plays where Tannehill almost gets sacked. <laughs> true, true. He's great at those. So if we could just limit his usage to just that, his, uh, his effectiveness would be through the roof. Um, but, yeah, I do think, yeah, I'll, I'll back off of the Tannehill bit just a little bit. I, I think he's got to be the guy next year, for better or worse. Um, and, you know, if he's – if if you want to get a, a like plan B lined up, I don't have a problem with it. Like if, if they fall, like let's just say they fall in love with one of these guys in the draft and they wanted to trade up to number 10 or whatever to get him or into the top 10 to get them. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Like you've got to trust your quarterback evaluation. You've got to trust your coach's ability to look at a guy and say, all right, we can take what this guy does well and fit it into our offense and what we do so if there's a guy that they feel strongly about i would still love for them to go get a quarterback because i'd rather have one before you need one than figure out you don't have one um and so i i still think if you can go get a young quarterback that you love i would like to kind of see what uh you know alex smith to patrick mahomes transition could look like here now i'm not saying there's a patrick mahomes in this draft by all accounts it's like a terrible draft class yeah. for quarterbacks. But I'll also say that the 2017 class was supposed to suck too. Right. Um, there was a lot of stuff where it was like, oh, none of these quarterbacks are any good. Mahomes uh, is too risky. Um, and Watson turns it over too much. And Trubisky is, you know, just hasn't played enough. And never forget, Trubisky was the one that was the first one taken. And it wasn't that controversial at the time. Right. Um, so, People don't know shit about quarterbacks. That's what, that's one thing that I've very much convinced myself of over the last few years. Did you did you, you know, know that Tom Brady was drafted 199th overall? <laughs> I've heard I've heard yeah. that once or twice. That's a fun fact. Um, but it is a great nugget. Um, and Luke Falk was too. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. they, their careers <laughs> turned out about the same. So um, um, yeah, it's a it's a crapshoot. It really yeah. is. So, you know, the season is still going. We haven't even, the league year hasn't even ended yet. But I'm going to ask you this question because I want to ask you this question. And for the Titans, their season has ended. If the draft is tomorrow, what position are you addressing in the first round? If I loved a quarterback, it would be a quarterback. If really? I don't love, if, yeah. If I, if I don't love any of the, because I think if you love one of these guys and they might last into the middle, you know, of the round or so, and you could trade up reasonably and get one, that's the most valuable asset you can have is a, a young, great quarterback. And, you know, if they don't think any of them are good, don't do it. But um, if you can get one, go get one. If it's not a quarterback, I'm going wide receiver, uh, maybe maybe uh, offensive lineman, which I know nobody wants to hear that. But, look, <laughs> you've got It's, got, it's worked so well in the past. You've got to have these guys. And, yeah, it, it, it has not worked out uh, terribly well for them. But they at some point they've got to find, like, the next generation of this offensive line. Because from left to right, you have, like, a 31-year-old, a 34-year-old, a 32-year-old, a, a 24-year-old, and then a 31-year-old. Like, it is uh, an old offensive line, and there's not enough backups behind them ready to go. Like, 
I assume Raidens is going to play somewhere on the offensive line next year. I don't know what position that'll be, um, whether it's right tackle or maybe left guard if they do move on from Saffold. Um, maybe Aaron Brewer could play uh, left guard or center. I don't know how great I feel about him as a starter uh, long term. So that still leaves, even if those two guys are starters, that still leaves at least two guys that are over 30 and you have no replacement at all for them right now. So I, I think they've got to start building that offensive line of the next iteration of this offense. And, and you know, the first round, at the end of the first round, it wouldn't be a bad spot to have to pick an offensive lineman if, if you can find one that, you know, doesn't just like to drink lean and, and hang out in Miami. I mean, and sleep in meetings. I mean, if, if we could find one of those, that would be nice. I, yeah, those are qualities I'm looking for in an offensive lineman as well. It's funny, Mike, you and I just think so much alike all the time. Uh, does anyone have Cole McDonald's number still? I, I still have a lot of love in my heart for Cole McDonald's. I, so do I. I still, like, I haven't given up. Like, kind of like how I still don't believe that Tom Brady lost to the Rams. Like, I still think he's going to come back and beat them and somehow make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I feel the same way about Cole McDonald. Like I, I, I haven't given up hope. Like I think he's going to be the guy, uh, the next flying Hawaiian for this Tennessee. Titans. I thought he was one of the Island boys. I thought he was a part of that group. Oh my gosh. Has anyone seen the Island boys and Cole McDonald in the same room? <laughs> I don't think so. He we very well awesome. could be. Oh my gosh. Look, we're like Island by just an Island by, uh, all right. Uh, last question, Mike, you've been so gracious with your time, uh, amidst your, uh, the, the numerous felonies that you're committing. So we appreciate it. Do you, capers, uh, please. I prefer capers. Caper, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> sorry. You're so high class, <laughs> looking like uh, Luke Bryan over here. Uh, all right, Mike. Last uh, this year, like well, Jack and I on this Tighten Up podcast, we always talk about how we want to grow the fan base. Hashtag grow the fan base, and um, because for even though the Titans have a very strong and a very loud and a very proud fan base, it's still pretty small comparatively to literally every other NFL franchise in the, in the league, because uh, they're young. It's only been around 20 years. It's, it's, it's still fresh in the grand scheme of things. So we, we always use the off season as a way to try and get other people to recruit others. Maybe it be NFL free agent fans, or just anyone who's just now getting into football to recruit them to become a Titans fan. This is the time to do it. You know, buy, transplants, right. Yeah. Buy low, buy low now. So that way, when they do win the Super Bowl, you don't look like a bandwagon fan. So right. Mike, my question to you is if you've got a, if you've got a friend or you got someone in front of you, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into the NFL, but I don't know which team to pull for. What is your recruiting pitch to that person to become a Titans fan? Do you like uh, never-ending devastation and a lot of loss in your life? <laughs> Mike, no. That's Mike, not what Mike, you didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> I, oh, okay, you want me to lie to my new friends. Um, <laughs> it's not lying. It's just it's selling. It's salesmanship. Kind of like how, how you give a good sales pitch for the drugs that you're pushing. Like, do the same thing for the Titans. <laughs> um. All right, so... How about this? You know that quarterback that just won the Super Bowl? Wouldn't it be cool to root for a team that sacked him nine times? Yeah, that's better. That, that See, that's a good start. There we go. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons will dispose of Joey Burrow next time he plays it. So, 
I yeah. think, uh, you know, just go ahead and get in front of that, that wagon uh, by joining in with the Titans and watch them crush the Super Bowl champion and literally break his bones. How like far it. down your list of uh, sales, sales tactics or, or points about the Titans is uh, T-Rack? Uh, he's right after Buster Stream. Okay. Right <laughs> fair, that's pretty fair placement. I'm pretty sure that T-Rack could go out there and, and hold up for at least 10 snaps on defense. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Hey, I mean, look, he's got a lot of different uh, wardrobes. He's, he's really good uh, uh, with that sideline entertainment. Uh, and speaking of – outfit is always fire. <laughs> it really is. He does a great and Santa. The fake beard. That's oh, so great. I could talk T-Rack all day. But we don't have all day. Mike, we got to let you go because you've been awesome with your time so far. We appreciate you, man, uh, literally. Uh, also, if the feds are listening to this podcast, just know Jack and I had nothing to do with it. It was just a casual interview about the Tennessee Titans uh, to a semi-retired now, uh, clearly working for the uh, Navarro cartel or something. Uh <laughs> But Mike, dude, thank you so much. Everyone follow him at, at Mike Miracles on Twitter. Uh, the semi-retired, but still fully great, Mike Herndon. Dude, thank you, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Have fun, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, more fun football to talk about soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, August. Yeah. We'll clear our schedules. Less, less soul-crushing. <laughs> 2022. Less soul-crushing. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> there are no flags on the field it's a miracle tennessee has pulled a miracle real quick before we talk about uh some guy named tom brady retiring i uh, gotta go with a quick shout out guys we did it tuppers we did it and i know we had literally nothing to do with it but we're still going to take credit for it we got saffold laid yes finally Finally, got, the big man gets laid. We got Roger Saffold laid, and oh my gosh, it does it feel so good, yeah. so euphoric. I need a cigarette, honestly, <laughs> after getting that guy laid. Is it still count? Do we still count him to have gotten laid, even if the Pro Bowl's in Las Vegas this year? I, you know, and I thought about that, Jack, and that's a huge oversight on our part. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I did not know the Pro Bowl was in Las Vegas. I, I, I don't watch the Pro. The Pro Bowl is not right. really for me. The, it's not the Pro Bowl's not for anyone. It, ever since when Sean Taylor knocked out that punter in the Pro Bowl, he pretty much knocked out all the life out of the Pro Bowl after that. Um, you can't it, tackle the quarterbacks, really. I mean, they're very, they're, they're very, they change the rules. It's like injury preventative. You can't even measures. like blitz in the Pro Bowl. It's so weird. It's so dumb. The Pro Bowl is the dumbest thing in the world, but we're so glad that Saffold's going to be there. Yeah. And, um, and Jeffrey Simmons, along with him, gets, gets appointed. They were, named alternates originally and Harold Landry or excuse me, Kevin Byard was the one who got it. So now I believe the Titans are sending four guys to the pro bowl. Yeah. And, well, and the coaching staff, not to brag and the coaching staff, true. Three <laughs> yeah, on defense, one on offense. How weird they're clearly that? not busy this week. <laughs> who, if you had a, yeah, don't cry. Don't cry. But <laughs> how shocking is that? The Titans put one pro bowler in on the offensive side of the ball and it's, Roger Saffold. <laughs> it's so funny. And you know, I it's probably because of the Twitter movement that we started. Hashtag get Saffold laid. We had nothing to do with it, but maybe we had everything to do with I, it. I like to think that we did have everything to do. Like the Pro Bowl voters were like, oh damn. Oh but hey, if if you voted for Saffold, pat on the back. Thank you to but you guys. To fix our blunder, Jack, you know, it was get Saffold laid in honor of, you know, the Pro Bowl was normally in Honolulu, Hawaii. 
Um, it was laid L-E-I-D. Well, now that it's in Vegas, maybe we just say get Saffold laid and we spell it just the regular way. <laughs> yeah, I think he does have a wife though. So maybe his wife would have to make the trip with him. I mean, unless, look, unless do you know how many, go full, do you think like, wives Brown. have ever stopped guys from getting laid in Vegas before, Jack? If if every married man <laughs> who went to Vegas did not get laid, that it would be called sinless city. <laughs> Yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think you're right. Um, but anyways, good for good for Roger Saffold getting in there. I, I'm shocked that he was even an alternate. But uh, we, we feels should. Good. Uh, yeah, get and plus get Saffold laid has a much better ring to it than get Saffold one of those uh, prostitute trading cards that the uh, that the people <laughs> flick it in your face when you're walking down the strip. <laughs> You ever, you ever that's the most I've annoying. never been to Vegas. I've never been. You've never been to Vegas? Oh, no. see, that's a joke. Only people who have been to Vegas will understand. Yeah, I know. So that's why I fake laughed kind of. Oh, we got it. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you know what? And I appreciate that. I appreciate you fake laughing, even though you did not understand the reference at all. Um, it felt like me making a movie reference. All right, <laughs> let's get uh oh no, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's retiring. Uh man. Hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave, dude. Get the hell out. My gosh, I'm so sick of this dude. I want him. I'm so happy that he's gone. Am I the only one that I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way? Because I go on Twitter and everyone's like, thank you, goat. Thank you, TP12, for all the memories. Shut up. It, he didn't play for the Titans. Screw that dude. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the people think, well, because we witnessed greatness. You didn't witness greatness for your team. So shut the hell up. I don't like, I, I, I will never, I don't care for Tom Brady and I'm so glad he's retired now because one, I mean, granted, uh, like you won't get credit for joining super teams anymore. What's up? Uh, Tampa Bay bucks. Uh, yeah. Uh, you've heard me give that ramp. Times are going to be tough in Tampa Bay next year. All I'm saying is like, it's, I, it, I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy to see the guy go. Um, and I love that one of his final memories against the Titans was a pick six. Yeah, definitely. And Tom Brady, I have his career splits against the Titans. He, he went five and two against them, 12 touchdowns to just one interception. The, the Titans beat them in their first game against him and their last game against him. And I'm pretty sure we don't have to talk about the ones in the in between. No, we, we shouldn't talk about them. <laughs> but so, yeah, like Tom Brady, everyone got to witness greatness. Well, Titans fans got to witness sadness. And it really wasn't until <laughs> he left New England until I was like, okay, now I can sit back and like watch it, like enjoy watching Tom Brady play without worrying how he's going to end my team season. You know, yeah, well, I, and it I, wasn't I even like that, ending like our team season. It was just the fact that he was in the AFC and you knew like if, if the Titans ever even wanted to sniff a Super Bowl, which let's be honest, they did not during his entire career. Uh, they had to go through new England to get there. And it, New England was kind of like the evil empire, wasn't it? it yeah. You know, it, it, just something about it. They'd been there so often. Bill Belichick, kind of, you know, very mom, strictly business, not very personable. Tom Brady just beating the hell out of everybody all the time. Um, then he goes to sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. And I'm kind of like, okay, I mean, this guy is like 43 throwing for 5,000 yards. I mean, I, in, I, when I mean, he won in, the Super in, Bowl in, of Tampa Bay, because there was kind of a changing of the guard in the AFC, right? Yeah. Now the evil empire is in Kansas City. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of more concerned with the Chiefs now. Of course. Than I would same. be with Tom Brady in Tampa. And, and maybe that's why I came around kind of towards the end of his career. But I'm with you. I think too many Titans fans are going goo goo gaga over Brady. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and look, one of our, uh, our, our I guess, last offseason we were talking about – or no, two offseasons ago. 
I guess it was that it was the when we first started this uh, this show. Um, one of the mm-hmm. hot topics we were talking about was, do we want Brady in in Nashville? And uh, I remember being vehement, vehement, vehemently. I don't even know if I'm saying that word right. Vehemently, vehemently yeah. against it. I was. I was pretty for it. I was so against it. And you know what? I'm still, <laughs> you still are. It. I know I'm still, still against it. I'm still against it. You would have gotten two years. It was like a rental. It would two years. I mean, even the bucks, all they got was, I mean, one Super Bowl would be nice. Don't God, it would be so nice. It would oh, be, be worth so everything. Nice. Worth maybe all they, of the years of pain and sadness. Uh, the Titans rent him. Do you think they could maybe talk about a retire? Uh, no, I look, I, I'm not, I don't know if I've made this clear or not, but I don't like Brady and uh, I still don't like him even after he left the, the Patriots. Um, but I will say, uh, I, I mean, and Titans fans shouldn't either 59 to nothing. That's all you have to say. Yeah. I mean, all you great, have to say. while his greatness can't be denied, I mean, I think you're still allowed to hold a little bit of disdain in your heart for the man who just embarrassed your team in this snow, who, eliminated them in the playoffs so the drew bennett's drop kind of helped a lot we love drew bennett i'm sorry to bring it up drew we'll yeah, get you we didn't, we didn't mean that drew we did not mean that but uh, there's just painful memories that up until logan ryan picked him off and ran it in the end zone in new england let me ask you this jack without tom brady does marcus Mariota have a super bowl ring right now People forget the comeback in Arrowhead and they won and advanced to where new england on the road in the playoffs no, the Titans. Marcus Mariota, you don't think he could have won that game and then gone on to win the AFC title no, game? No, I don't. Austin, oh, I don't cool. think he could have. Oh, shocker that the Tannehill hater is also a Mariota hater. Oh, oh. come on. I'm not wow, a shocker hater. there. Plot twist. I'm not a hater on either of them. I like them both, but I mean. Wow, no, you know. We've seen enough for Mariota to know that he's probably not going to win the big one. Titan Up Podcast poll question. Does Jack hate every Titans quarterback ever? <laughs> yes. No. Fly high nine. Love Steve. Oh, cool. And, so the only guy. Okay, rookie year was off. Does, does Jack hate every living Titans quarterback in franchise history? Is Kerry Collins still alive? I feel like he's close to close to you know that age oh is that an alcoholic joke dude you no know he, what he, you know he suffered from alcoholism dude. oh no i just that thought he was is, like 45 when he came to the titans jack you are a monster oh my, my goodness don't make me look like this wow dude don't wow. frame me in that in that just way when you think you know a guy just no. when you think you know a guy all right let's get to remember the titan get out of here because i'm so sick of talking about tom brady if you want if you want to hear more tom brady talk just turn on a tv literally <laughs> for the next two weeks how funny was that by the way that espn on uh, i believe what was it a saturday that the news broke yeah yeah and, and they had college basketball running on every channel so they were scrambling to find a way how to cover it one of the biggest days in espn history they would have to come in at halftime during these games. I remember the Kentucky-Kansas game in the, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. They had to come on and talk about it because there wasn't a sports center show or any any news show on ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPN News because now they run reruns on ESPN News all the time. So they'd wait till midnight to even begin to cover it. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. That was funny. And look, also, how big of a doucher is Brady? The fact that he announces his uh, he announces his retirement during Super Bowl week like dude, it's not you about you all the time Tom. you couldn't have waited till after the season like that like i don't, don't think that that timing isn't intentional all right like he did the same thing with that hulu ad uh a couple years ago when jimmy garoppolo was playing in his first ever super bowl like did it, it's kind of a doucher move there braids all right yeah you know everyone hates on lebron for making everything about himself tom brady does it too come yeah. on 
Well, yeah, that's because that's because Tom Brady's white, so nobody's gonna hate on him. I don't think that's do. why, but I, I mean know. it's not, but it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> no, Brady. Brady deserves more hate. Brady's just obnoxious. I mean, he's just as obnoxious as all of the other you know superstars in their own sports. Besides hockey, hockey's got quiet stars. Mainly because Ovechkin is Russian and can't speak much English. So. That probably has a big yeah. thing to do with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably a communist too. Uh, the uh, no, I'm joking. I did not. <laughs> I'm not accusing Alexander Ovechkin of being a communist. Okay, take it easy. No, he plays for the Russian national team. You know. Oh know. my gosh, Jack, are you accusing him? Oh, oh wow! First, first Mariota hate. Now Tannehill hate. Now Ovechkin hate, dude. That's. Wow, dude. You're just putting words in my mouth at this stage. When you think you know. Let's that. remember some random Titans. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I mean, it's a special episode. So number 100, I, I want I want you to lead this one off for us and remember that. Okay. Time. All right. Look. Hey. I'm going to go with a guy who I relate to. Very much so. A guy by the name of Angelo Blackson. Oh, okay. I like Do you remember that. Angelo Blackson? He played for the Titans. He was uh, he was selected in the fourth round, 100th overall. Mm. How about that for our 100th sode? Of the 2015 NFL draft uh, on May 14th, 2015, Titans signed him to a four-year, $2.85 million contract. <laughs> Must be nice. With a signing bonus of $571,615. Lunch is on you, Angelo. They uh, On September 2nd, 2017, two years later, he was cut by the Titans. He finished his tenure with the Titans with 24 tackles and two and a half sacks. Um, he, in his career, he has 123 tackles, six and a half sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, seven pass deflections, and one interception. He won the SEC in 2013, of course, because he came out of Auburn. And uh, after the Titans uh, made a stop in Houston, made a stop in Arizona, and now he is in Chicago. He is why I, that is why I relate to this man right now. I resonate with him because we got our start in Nashville. Then we made a few stops along the way. And then we ended up in the second city, Chicago, Illinois. And so Angelo Blackson, you are my remember the Titan. He is out of Bear, Delaware. Uh, and to quote Wayne and uh, Wayne Algar or Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar. Oh, we're in Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Uh, I don't get that one. You've never seen Wayne's World? No, I haven't seen Wayne's World. Damn it, Jack. Damn it, Jack. Watch a movie, please. That's all I have. That's I don't even care. One. Look, that's, Jack, that's a popular I don't even one. care. I that's going to come back to get me this week. That's Jack, I, <laughs> See, people Jack, aren't going to be pleased with, with that. Jack, I don't even care what movie. I don't care what movie. Just watch a movie this week. That's your only homework. Your only homework is to watch a movie. I watched one last night. It, it, was, it was called A Woman in the Window. It's, it's like a thriller, murder mystery type situation. Jack, I hate you so much sometimes. It was a good movie. Hey, if you, if you need something to watch, it's on Netflix, I believe. Watch okay. Wayne's World. Watch Wayne's World, all right? <laughs> I will. And then I when I reference Stan Makita's Donuts, you understand where I'm going with, all right? Excellent munchables. Wayne, oh, you know what? No, watch it because Meatloaf died. And Meatloaf has one of the best cameos in that movie. He is the bouncer at the gas works. Wayne walks up to him and says, hey, hey, Tiny, who we got on deck tonight? 
Tiny says, oh, uh, you got Crucial Taunts just finishing up a set. Then we got the uh, Jolly Green Giants and the Shitty Beatles. And Wayne goes, the Shitty Beatles? Are they any good? And Tiny says, they suck. And Wayne goes, so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you, dude. All I, right, I'll Wayne, watch it. That was a good, you, you set it up well. Now I Wayne Gerald's great. Go watch Wayne Gerald. All right, from I Remember the Titan on soda number 100, I'm sticking local. You, you, you had your Chicago guy. I'm getting a guy from Tennessee. Well, I mean, he's not from Tennessee. He's actually from Compton, California. Oh, snap. But he went to Tennessee for college. Plays defensive end, and he was actually drafted in the seventh round of the 2003 draft by the Atlanta Falcons. Jonathan yes, Compton? I'm talking about Demetrian Leotis Veal. Demetrian Veal played Dimitrin three games. Demetrian Veal. And, and wow. he was he was maybe an omission for so number ninety nine. I think we left him out. We did. We I will. I don't even have to go back and check the tape. We definitely left him out. Yeah. Well, maybe for good reason because he only had he only played in three games. Had just six tackles for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. It wasn't he wasn't a very you know impactful player for the organization. Yeah. But um, reading his Wikipedia, uh, this is well. Let me just start from the beginning. Demetrian Leandro Veal. Okay, we've got a conflicting middle name here. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's never a good sign. Never this, a good this sign. This says while he did on Wikipedia, while it does say he played at Tennessee, it says he's from Salvador, Brazil. So, uh, is, is it the right veal? Uh, yes, it is the right veal. So, um, anyways, Demetrian Veal is a former American football defensive tackle. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the seventh round of the 2003 NFL draft. He played college football at Tennessee. Veal was also a member of the Baltimore Ravens, Denver Broncos, Tennessee Titans, and the Florida Tuskers. How many remember the Titans played for the damn Florida Tuskers? I yeah, swear. Dude, it, it's a, there's a pipeline from the Tennessee Titans to the Florida Tuskers. Zach Pillar it's, did it, didn't he? Yep, yep, yep. There's been more than that as well. Florida Tuskers, okay. Remind me of that. They're, they're a Titans feeder team. Right. The In fact, a feeder team to the Tuskers. Maybe that's the segment, you know, because since we're like very clearly running out of guys for remember the Titan – Maybe we just, we move on to remember the Tusker. Yeah, <laughs> It's not as punny of a name, but it's, it, you know, it's still great. Yeah. I mean, there's just been a handful of guys. I mean, I want to be saying this if this name does, or this team name doesn't continue to pop up. It, it, it pops up almost as much as that dude on Wikipedia who's, who adds that Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams defeated the Titans in yeah. the Super Bowl 34. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that is a line we need to make sure to take out of Wikipedia. Whoever edits on Wikipedia, I know one of you out there does. We've got some we've got some guys. I know we have some guys in our arsenal who can pull up a Wikipedia page and maybe delete a sentence or two if they need to. But yeah, that's mine. That's all that's all that Leandro Veal's inst- or, uh, Wikipedia page has to offer. All right. Compton's finest. Uh did you do that because in the Super Bowl, uh it's you've got like Dr. Dre and Snoop and all of the SoCal boys uh performing? Yes, but I mean we still need confirmation on whether he's from Compton or Brazil. Oh, right, 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 right. Big yeah. difference there. So we're still working, we're still working. It's just a short drive down the road. Our crack research team is on it. So yeah. Hopefully just, we'll have uh, an answer. You just gotta find a bridge over the Panama Canal. Very simple drive. Uh, all right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you to Mike Herndon for hopping on with us. He's always so much fun. Uh, make sure you tweet it and how much you love uh, the Titan podcast and how you think, because we are still kind of recruiting him to join this pod. Uh, yeah, it never stops. 
since that that uh, that drug lord is now semi-retired, we want <laughs> to try and get him as the third member of this podcast uh, and really stick it to the F-Words pod, mm -hmm. our, our brutal rivals, uh, the F-Words pod. Yeah, may, I don't know. Maybe his cartel friends will track down the F-Words pod, kind of like a Marty Windy Bird situation where just everyone in the Ozarks is now <laughs> on the cartel's radar. Maybe that's right? how the F-Words pod gets out of the way. Hey, also, I want to do this. I want to shout. I want to shout out someone, Jack. Uh, uh, I want to do our our Tupper of the week before we get out of here. Okay. Um, uh, to be the Tupper of the week, you um, you know you can you can do anything, but really, all you got to do is just like interact with us and be in our good graces. And this week, I want to give a special shout out to a guy who I I don't know if he even knows it's coming, but we saw it and we're we're giving him a shout out. Our Tupper of the week this week, a guy by the name of Dale Murphy. Okay. Not the famous brave, right? Cause isn't that a famous brave? Yeah. He should be in the hall of fame. He won the MVP. It's, it's, it's right. ridiculous. Right. That he's not save in the hall that of fame. for the brave up podcast or something. Okay. <laughs> Dale Murphy, uh, on the Tennessee Titans elite Facebook group. Yeah. I'm bringing up Facebook things like you're like your annoying aunt, but there's a, uh, just a post that said any Titans related podcast slash YouTube channels y'all listen to. Was, by the time I saw this thing, this was posted yesterday. By the time I saw it, about 15, 15 suggestions, one of which came from Mr. Dale Murphy. He says, the Tighten Up Pod on the A to Z Podcast Network. Hell yeah, Dale. That's what we're talking about. You know, we talk about growing the fan base on this podcast. Grow the fan, hashtag grow the fan base. Hey, grow the podcast community. Grow the, grow the Tuppers. All right. And Dale Murphy's doing just that. Shout out to you, my man. We appreciate you listening and not just, pre uh, not just listening, but sharing the good news, sharing the uh, kind of like our guy Eldon English does. He gives us those recaps every week of, uh, of, of his, his discoveries, which are, <laughs> they're so funny. They're very well done. Oh, he got me good this week too. He, he does three bullet points of like three things he learns from each episode. And it's so well done. Uh, we retweet him each week. So follow at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter or follow Eldon. Uh, I think he's like Shrike113, I think. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He's a he's he's great. A lot of fun. Um, praise hell. Praise Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy. Shout out to him. Thank you so much. Oh, I like what you did there. I just, I it took me a while, but I got it. Good. Praise, okay. praise hell. Praise Dale. Uh, thank you. Thank you to you, sir. You're great. Uh, and thank you to all of you guys who listen and share this podcast with people that don't do it publicly like Dale did. Thank you to each and every single one of you. Seriously, we appreciate it. Um, we, we, we've we seen tremendous growth over the last 100 episodes, and that's all because of you. Uh, it, it's, it's all seriously because of you, and we are very grateful, and we love you. Can I say that? Can no, I? absolutely you can okay. say that. All right, good. I am married, but look. My wife's in the other room right now. So I love you guys. Uh, love you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I second all of that. And um, I want to give a little teaser for next week because this is Sode 100, but the Super Bowl is, I guess we have one more episode until the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And and I, look, know, I know there's a ton of degenerates that listen to this. Don't get me wrong, guys. I know, I know who stop for us. I know you degenerates out there. Yeah. Okay? Uh, but we're going to have a guy on next week who you're familiar with. I don't want to give out his name just in case something terrible happened that he can't make it. Not that I'm putting <laughs> that, not that I'm putting that in the universe, but I mean, it's happened before. Yeah. It's happened um, to a lot, a lot. To not with, before. not with this particular guy, but no. if you want to make money on the Super Bowl, if you want some fun props to bet on and, and watch with us, 
we're going to have a guy on next week where we are going to do all of that, breaking down all the fun stuff that the Super Bowl has to offer and really the betting community has to offer. Um, so tune back, tune us in next week and tell some friends, maybe they're looking to make some money. We're going to, we're going to have a guy on that will help you do just that. Young broadcasters. I hope you've got your pen and paper out right now, because that my friends is what we call a tease. Uh, Anonymous tease. Well done by you, Jack. Uh, An anonymous tease that most people probably have already figured out. But right. Still. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you have subscribed, go ahead and hit unsubscribe and then just resubscribe. Help us out. Really help us with the metrics. We appreciate all of you. Uh, go ahead. It, it's been a while since we've asked for this, but go ahead and rate and review the podcast. It literally takes 15 seconds, especially if you're on the Apple Podcasts app. Um, or on Spotify, it takes it takes no time at all. Just go down, uh, rate rate it five stars, and then in the comment section, like a, just say four and a half stars for the Tighten Up Podcast idiots and 0.5 stars for Buck yes. because we share a podcast feed. With We've them. made it a hundred episodes with you guys. Y'all are five star listeners. Come oh, come give a question. Come uh, rate rate us. Rate us. We're five star men. It's an old yeah. sunny thing. You are always sunny. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so so go ahead, do that. Rate, review, subscribe, and um, stay tuned. This offseason is just getting started. We're going to have a ton of fun. Uh, there you go. There you go. At Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Uh, follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow myself, at Austin Huff. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. Seriously, I love you all. Um, Jack, is there uh, is there anything you got for the road? Hmm. No, I'm just glad that the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl again. I'm, I'm, I think I have to cheer for the Bengals, but I'll make that decision next week. Tweet at Jared Stillman and let's try and yes. get a, a Super Bowl prediction out of his dad. Yeah, no doubt. We, we want to know what his dad thinks for the Super Bowl, and we got two weeks to do it. If hey, I let's first one to get an answer gets tougher of the week too, so a little added motivation. If oh, you there you go. Me. Yeah, first one to get a prediction out of Jared Stillman. Tweet at him every day. Just wake up and tweet at Jared Stillman. Hey, what's your dad predict for the Super Bowl? Let's get this prediction, guys. Uh, and then you don't even have to tag us in it. You can just screenshot it and send it to us. Uh, yes. But uh, we love you. Um, follow A to Z Sports on all the socials. Uh, you can watch our Mike Herndon interview uh, where he uh, randomly goes to a drug deal in the middle of it uh, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube at A to Z Sports to watch it there. Uh, and you can watch Mike Herndon commit illegal acts uh, live on the internet. How cool is that? Um, all right, and that's going to do it for us. Uh, episode 100, we love you. All To the previous 99 episodes, to this episode, to the next 100 episodes. We love each and every single one of you guys. And look, whether... Oh, jeez, oh, sorry. Whether I'm screwing this up. Whether the Titans uh, win a million games or whether they fall flat on their face as the one seed in the divisional round of the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter. We're still Titans fans at heart and we will be forever. So we hope you guys just uh, hang out with us along the ride. No matter how much they hurt us, we're going, we're not going anywhere. Right. We're not going anywhere. We're addicted to the pain. We are addicted to the pain. (laughs) (laughs) The Titan up podcast addicted to the pain. That's our, (laughs) that's our tagline. Uh, to the pain train, maybe. <laughs> All right, we're good out of here. Until next week, tighten, tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it.
the Tennessee Titans, they're the 